ago called Living Like You Mean It. And uh, today, let's continue, probably finish this up next week being Resurrection Day. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, 1038, it reads, Now the just shall live by faith, and, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so I think most of us know that once you get saved, this is the way to live. You live by faith now, no longer by sight, not by feeling, uh, not by the physical being, but by belief in God's eternal word. Uh, but what does living like faith look like? And one of the things that stood out to me in this passage and really in this word, the word translated faith, the word P-I-S-T-I-S, uh, is the word conviction. Okay, Vine's expository dictionary says that pistis means firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. All right? And then conviction means a fixed or firm belief. And so you can see how it all comes back down to faith, but it gives us a little bit different take on, um, on the walk of faith than just saying, well, I, I believe in God. I believe God. Uh, something about conviction that has some teeth to it in, in my mind. When I have some conviction about something, I'm not easily moved. I can't be budged from that position, from that belief. And this is what's necessary in our world today. Not just for someone to be a passive, uh, mentally assenting Christian, but for someone to have beliefs that that move them from the core of their being. They are so well established in them, there is nothing that can happen. No threat, no temptation, no obstacle, no, uh, no pressure from the outside that will move them away from that belief. And this is where we need to live. This is where we need to be. This is called living like you mean it. All right? What are some of the characteristics of conviction? Well, we've seen them already in people like David, King David running at the giant before he was king, but running at the giant, someone way bigger and more mighty than him in the physical realm, and he took him out. Well, we see it in, in the, the behavior of Daniel. Daniel, who would uh, defy the decree and continue to pray to his God, and then the result was him being thrown in the lion's den and uh, unharmed and untouched. But you see his behavior in the middle of a threat. Also, we saw it in, in the, the three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And their, their conviction that drove them to stand even with the threat of being thrown into the fiery furnace. They did stand and God did deliver them. I tell you, those who have this kind of belief, this conviction, they see God work in their life more than other people do. Others are just kind of trying to make it through. But there are people that will be bold, fearless in the face of opposition, in the face of persecution, in the face of threat. They will stand and believe God. They are the ones that Daniel spoke of who do know their God. They are strong and they do great exploits. And so uh, these people are, are ones, uh, their beliefs are not bendable. Okay? They say what will happen before it happens. They do not back down, and they are not timid. They are, you could see it in this verse we read, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. These aren't the kind of people that draw back, 
all right? If you're a drawing back kind of person, I want to encourage you to believe God today and come up. Decide, I'm not going to be that type of individual anymore. Um, Many times we make decisions and we're not really sure about them. I, I understand that. None of us knows everything. We don't know everything in the future. Uh, but we have to know something. There has to be some p- parts of our life that we know for certain. I, I know, uh, you know, thinking about drawing back and this kind of backing off what we know to do. I was, uh, you know, when, when the whole plague thing, virus thing started, um, we were in the beginning, there were churches that were not holding live services. We did. And the reason we did is because I believe we were supposed to. And I had sought the Lord and inquired of him. And we uh, continued. And the Lord's blessing was all over it. And even that, so that was that first Sunday. And then that the, the following Wednesday, I sought the Lord real distinctly and, and, and with my pastors on staff and we sought the Lord and I knew, yep, we're supposed to have this service. And I tell you, God showed up. It was, it was tremendous. And then each and every service I'm praying and still moving this way, but I was praying and I had to make a decision again. I said, well, I'll make this decision. I don't know yet. Um, and I prayed and sought the Lord and it was very interesting how the Lord ministered to me about that next service. Cause he didn't say it the same way as the previous one. And what he, what he revealed to me was basically that I had to get to a point in me where I was content. And, uh, and I was praying with the other ministers on staff and, and one of them, I think it was Pastor Joe, he spoke up and, and I said, well, what's the Lord been saying to you guys in this prayer meeting? And he said something about be at peace. And I said, well, yeah. That's not the answer I wanted from God, but that is the, the way that he, that, that is the way that he spoke. In other words, I could not do what we are doing unless I had this inward conviction that says I can do this in faith, believing that God is in it, that God is upon it. I can, I can't do it violating what I know inside. I had to get to the place, and so I prayed and sought the Lord and prayed and sought the Lord till I was good on the inside because he said to me in that, in that prayer meeting, he said, then I will bless the work of your hands. And what has been the result? Well, if we can do something with conviction, his blessings are on it. Too many times people are making all kinds of decisions in their life, and they're just guessing. And I know it takes more work to pray. It absolutely does. It takes turning off the TV. It takes setting some other things aside to pray and seek God. But I tell you, people who pray more know more. They find out, they don't know everything. I don't know everything. Uh, But I tell you, there's got to be some things in our life that we're willing to take the time, seek the Lord until, until we see it, until we know. Because then we walk with sure-footedness. Then we move forward with confidence, believing in the blessing of God that it is upon our lives and, and what we're doing. Amen. Hope everybody's, hope everybody's doing good today. Uh, but we don't want to be among those who draw back. Why would someone draw back? Well, pressure, temptation, persecution, fear. But we are among those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are among those who take a stand and will not back down. That is the nature 
of who we are. You know, Joshua was a great military leader and leader of Israel. Uh, he said, it's Joshua 24, 15, the last part of that verse reads, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What kind of statements do you make concerning your life, concerning your house, concerning all that pertains to you, your business? What kind of statements do you make? This is a good one to adapt. I don't know what everyone else is going to do. I don't know how the world is going to function, but I tell you what's going to happen in my life is I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God through the thick and thin. No matter what happens around me, I am going to believe him because I know he is faithful to bring me through and to bring me out. I was sharing with you uh, last time uh, some of my convictions about God, his power, the church, and, and your connection to it. And, uh, you know, these beliefs, they drive my behavior, and they produce results. When you have strong conviction about something, it will move you to action, and it will produce a corresponding result. What are your, some of your core convictions? I mean, if you had to write them down, I am absolutely sure about this. I know this for sure. Now, we're not going to say that about everything because we don't know everything. There's some things like, eh, I don't know about that. Maybe, yeah, I can, I can think about that. But there are other parts of our lives and God and reality and eternity that we know as a matter of fact. What are those? If you had to make a list, if you had to start writing them down, this is what I know for sure. This is what I believe without question, without hesitation. When we have those, it drives our behavior, and God meets it. He meets it. He doesn't meet, I don't know, maybe, kind of, if. No, he meets firm, convicting beliefs. Uh, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about his church? What do you believe about your role within it? What is it supposed to be? What, what ought you to do in this life in the kingdom of God? What do you believe about his presence? And how that presence has an effect on you. What do you believe about how his presence will affect other people that you bring into it? Come on now, answer the questions if you would. Answer them at least in your mind and say, yeah, I believe this about it. This is my conviction about that. This is what I hold true to. All right? If we will do that, we'll start knowing how we are to act. If we really believe it, what behaviors prove it? If you say, oh, yeah, I got my list here. This is what I believe. What behaviors in your life demonstrate that belief? I think sometimes we do ourselves, you know, a disservice by having these beliefs and they remain in the theoretical realm. They don't actually drive our behavior. And I would wonder, do we really believe that if it doesn't drive our actions? Uh, listen to this. This is James 2 and verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Listen to the, the passion, passion translation of that. He says the latter part, go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works and I will show you, uh, I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. And so I'm looking for proof. 
How many think there are some folks in the world, there are some people in the world, some people in your family, some friends of yours, some people at work, some people in the neighborhood, and, and they're looking for proof? They're looking for proof. People are looking for proof of God, proof of his love, proof of his power, proof of his willingness to really make a difference in this life. Where are they going to get that proof? I tell you where they're going to get it is when we live it. When we have such deeply held convictions that we walk it out, we live it every day, then they see Jesus in us. They see his love. They see his power. They see that these things are real. Some are saying as they, you know, as they bow to their idol, Lord, I'm committed to you in my heart. And then there are other people, they don't have to even tell the Lord, I'm committed to you in my heart because they just don't bow to the idol. Are you with me today? Do we have to say it? Or can our actions speak so loud that the words are sometimes unnecessary? This is a life of conviction. Some people are mentally assenting to various things while, while, while others are just doing them. Oh, yeah, I, have, I believe that. Yeah, I ascribe to that. And someone else is going, they just go ahead and do it. What, what, what am I talking about? Well, anything, any kind of Christian behavior or whatever you would say you believe. Let's, let's take giving for an example. Someone can say, oh, yeah, I believe generosity is good. I believe in giving, putting the Lord first in your life. Other people just give. All right. Some, some are saying, oh, yeah, I believe in prayer. Yeah, prayer is a good thing. I believe in prayer. Yeah, pray for me. Pray for me. Others are praying. Okay. <laughs> some are, some are saying, oh, yeah, I believe your words are powerful. Are your words? Guard your tongue. Watch what you say. Life and death in the power of the tongue. Some are actually guarding their tongue, watching their words. They're not saying things that contain death or destruction or gossip or, or, or any kind of that negative stuff. They're actually doing it. It means something. Some people say, I believe the world needs Jesus. Oh, especially now, more than ever, our world needs Jesus. And other people are inviting their friends to church or sharing the online services. Other people are going out of their way to say something, to, do, to actually convey the message or to bring them into a place where, where they will hear it. You see the difference in that? It's one thing to say, oh yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's wonderful. When it's someone else doing it. When do our beliefs cut to our hearts so deep that they drive our behavior? When do they move us to action? I wonder if we should call ourselves Christians if we constantly put God in second place. Maybe that would be false advertising. Maybe that would be called fake news. But what? Uh, amen. <laughs> I think you understand what, what, what I'm talking about. If we live just like those we rub shoulders with uh, are all fine and everything's going to be okay in eternity, uh, then do we truly believe in the need for salvation? Do we just kind of say that if we're reading the word or in church or something? But then in reality, we act like all of our neighbors are going to heaven. They're not. Do we really believe in the need for salvation? Amen. You know, when I say rub shoulders, I mean that figuratively. At least rub shoulders at six feet apart. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Ephesians. Chapter 5, um, and I want you to notice with me in the 15th verse, Ephesians 5 and 15, 
It reads, uh, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, words like that sometimes can be difficult if we don't use them regularly, especially when you tie wisdom and, and foolishness with it. Man, I don't want to be a fool, so I have to walk circumspectly. <laughs> and we think, I am in real danger here of being a fool because I don't even know what circumspectly means. And uh, take the time to look things up, by the way, as you're reading and, and, and read, reading the Word of God. Uh, however, I am teaching, so I did the looking up for you. And circumspectly means exactly. It means accurately. So have some precision about your choices and about the way that you live your life. It's not sloppy and just random and just day-to-day different, but it's accurate. Uh, But also think about this, circumspectly, you can relate that to the word circumference, okay? It has to do with this. When you walk circumspectly, you look around, all right? You are aware of what is going on around you. How many know in our self-centered culture today, people often are oblivious to other people's lives, especially their eternity. I mean, you've seen this driving before, haven't you? Haven't you ever wished that some people would drive circumspectly? In other words, with accuracy, precision, and aware of the other people that are on the road, and they just kind of do their own thing. Well, in life, we want to live this way as well. To not do so would be called foolish. You'd be a fool. To not look around, not be aware, okay? You be, would be called wise if you walk circumspectly, all right? Uh, and, you know, Jesus had a rebuke for those in Matthew 16 who didn't recognize the signs of the times. They just kept living their life and were oblivious to what's going on around them. Might be some things for us to think about today. Might be a, something for us to ponder what in, the, what in the world is going on around us? What is the time in which we live? Uh, are, are these things indicative in any way of the, the things that were foretold many years ago that would happen in the last days? Could things be wrapping up? Could we be out of here before we know it? A wise person will start to think this way. They will start to be aware of what's around them, not just in the physical world, but in the spiritual world. Well, they're praying more than they used to. And when you pray more, you know more. When you spend more time with the Lord, you become more sensitive to spiritual things, and your your spiritual antennas go up, and you start recognizing, man, there's something going on here. You're more sensitive to the realm of the Spirit, not just the physical world. Come on, somebody. I tell you, God is getting us ready. He is, I don't mean these events are anything of him. They're not of him. It is not God's doing. But I tell you, in the middle of it, if people will seek God and pray more than they ever have before, God will begin to bring us up and the world will see us as who we really are. And I tell you, the Lord needs some representatives, some true representatives of who the, who the body of Christ really is and what his redeeming power really does to an individual. He's got to see it. They've got to see it in us. And so look around. People are watching. They need a real Christian to show them reality. You know, redeeming the time could be said this way. Make the most of every opportunity. I think that's a good word. Opportunity. What opportunities are before us today? You know, a similar verse 
is in Colossians 4. Paul wrote both of these books, and Ephesians and Colossians are, are very similar books. He said in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. What? Not just walk for your own life, for your own self, not just keep your own self safe. Walk in wisdom, wisdom towards those on the outside. Think about people around you. Redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Okay, so if we are going to walk with wisdom, if we are going to redeem the time, if we are going to make the most of every opportunity, then we start looking in the middle of whatever is happening for how we can continue to share the love of God with others. All right? This is not a time to go in our cave. It's not a time to hide out and say, well, someday we can get things rolling again. This is the time to make the most of every opportunity. You know what Paul did? The apostle Paul, when, when, uh, when he faced some opposition, you know, the early church did. At times they couldn't meet together because they were scattered. They left and they were scattered all over the place because of persecution. And, uh, and many are familiar with some of Paul's experiences, how he would at times be thrown in prison. And you know what he did when he was in prison? He, he, went, he went online and he started preaching. Okay, they didn't have that, but you know what he did? He wrote letters, letters that we are still reading today. How I many know that wasn't ideal? That wasn't the best case scenario, that he would be locked up in prison and not able to lay hands on people and speak the word of the Lord and, and, and do these things that he could at other times. That wasn't the best case scenario. That wasn't ideal, but he adapted. He said, all right, I can hear from God in this prison cell. And he started writing and he started sharing. And I wonder in what way we can adapt, all right? How can we continue? And we're doing some of that right here, right now, but how can you adapt? You know, Paul, when he was put on that ship, when he was arrested, you know, he was on that ship and ended up having a shipwreck after that great event at the sea and ended up on the, the island of Malta. And you know what he did there? Well, he ministered healing. <laughs> he began to be used by, by the Lord and, and brought great grace to that island, to the people of that island. They came to him. Now, think, how does that even work? I mean, that wasn't even on his itinerary. He didn't even pray, and the Lord said, Paul, go to Malta. No, it just it was the circumstance he found himself in, and it was not because of his own failing, but because of the, the failures of others, okay? But in the middle of it, he still was able to be used of God. I wonder what opportunities avail, are available to us today. Things are different, but in the middle of it, can God still work? Can God still move in your life, in my life? Can we still find an avenue to minister healing and life and salvation? Because I tell you, more people now are, are depressed. People are fearful. Uh, people don't know what to do. And, and some of them are going to take their lives. And some of them are going to turn to alternate substances. And they're going to they're direct their, their heartfelt need to, to negative things. We've got to be in the middle of this saying, no, 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 no. There is a better way. You can have joy in the middle of this, this situation. You can be filled with life, and God will turn your situation around. Hallelujah. And so Paul did that. I know sometimes people think, oh, I can't even know if I can make it without physically being in the, in the church for, for services like, 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 it, like is normal. Come on, man. Yes, you can. You can adapt. God hasn't left you. He is still present. It's not ideal, but the, the gospel can spread even during turbulent times. 
It always has, and it will continue to do so today. In the early church, they didn't even have buildings. Amen. Think about that. And the gospel still went around the world. I tell you, we can take advantage of these situations today. Uh, right after Jesus left and went, went to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, um, it says in Mark 16, 20, it says they went out and preached everywhere. Where did they go? Everywhere. Well, first they didn't go in the buildings, the church buildings, because there weren't any. Where did they go? They just went wherever they could. Everywhere. And the Lord working with them. What? The Lord worked with them wherever they were and, and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And so God worked with them. Here's the thing about light. It works wherever there's darkness. Wherever there's darkness. I tell you, there's plenty of darkness in the world. And Jesus told us, we are the light of the world. Your light works today. And it might even be shining. It might even be standing out more than it used to. Because as darkness increases, our light begins to shine even brighter. If you, if you heard from me this week in, in my update video, I, I shared with you how, how people are going one way or the other. When the Spirit of God moved in the book of Acts, some people, they were cut to the heart and said, what should we do? Other people were cut to the heart and they gnashed their te- teeth out at the person speaking. Okay? We have a choice in how we're going to respond today to what's happening around us and really the voice of the Lord on the inside because he is leading and guiding us into all the truth. And we have a choice whether we're going to respond, how we're going to respond. It it seems that the middle area is getting smaller, though. We got dark, we got light, and we got this gray area in the middle. seems like for a long time it's really big and a whole lot of people are living there. And I think maybe it's getting smaller. Unless people are able to stay in that middle ground, just being a nominal, mediocre type of Christian, they have belief, but nothing that you would call conviction. And I pray that we're all going into the light, that we're all moving closer to the Lord, not further away from him. Now is our time to shine. And so what would, uh, what would love do for, for people today? Love would invite, love would share, love would compel people to come, uh, to hear, to receive. I think when, when we live our lives, we should, we should do it with conviction. We should sing and worship God with conviction. We should, we should listen, like now, and receive the word with conviction. We should invite with conviction. We should say what we believe and then walk it out. Go ahead and say it. This is the way I'm going to be. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and then walk it out. Say it and then do it. Act on that belief. Um, again, when someone believes in the presence of God and the power of God and that his word going forth is essential for this day, it helps in reaching a lost and dying world. Come on, man. We're coming up on, on resurrection day and that's the biggest celebration of the, of the church. Biggest time of the year celebration. And for some reason, many unbelievers open their ear for a minute to hear about the resurrection of Jesus. There's something about that day more people will tune in. Come on, what, what's, what say you? We make the most of every opportunity. And we, we look for an opportunity to, uh, to speak the word. We look for an opportunity to get the gospel to them, to invite them to participate in our online services or however it's happening on that day in the moment. 
we need to walk this out. When you really believe something, how many know your, your, uh, your invites take a different tone? Come on, man, you need to see this. <laughs> I tell you what, you need to come and be a part of this because, wow, there, it's something. I don't, know, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something real about it. There's something powerful. There's something that, that, that almost words cannot describe. You've just got to see it firsthand. You've got to experience this. Could you tell someone that with conviction? I tell you, I can, <laughs> because I am convinced in the working and moving of God's Spirit through this place. Amen. And so what opportunities can you find today to live out your conviction? Can you think of any? Is there anything you can do? What about how you believe? What about your commitment? What about your love and generosity? In what way can you act out and be, you know, like the David running at the giant? Like the three Hebrew children going into the fiery furnace, what way can you act on and stand strong in the middle of all kinds of opposition around us? This pleases God. His soul has no pleasure when we draw back. But I tell you, we bring him great delight when we press on and we move forward, when we make progress and say, I will believe God no matter what. Amen, amen. Why don't you pray with me today? Father, thank you. Thanks for watching the Life Church YouTube channel. You can join us live right here on YouTube every Sunday morning at 930. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any Life Church videos. For more information about Life Church, check out lcboise.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.